0: I was talking about the mic, not the, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, guys, it's uh, it's awesome to be here. I just, I gotta say, I was like so just inspired by the three people that just shared. Maggie, you did amazing. <laughs> I
1: mean, it was like just phenomenal. Where is Ethan? Yeah. Oh, that, was, that was incredible. Here in your
0: heart. I remember praying for you. When Graham was studying the Bible with you, man, and just to see, I mean, he believed in you so much. He was like, this dude, he's the guy. And, uh, and I just, I think you're going to change Auburn, bro. I really do. It's, uh, it was awesome to hear your conviction and your heart just for being a Christian for a couple, couple months and just, uh, it's really amazing. Jordan, wow, that was amazing to see you up there. Um, it was uh, inspiring to hear your heart. It is touching to hear people when they talk about their dad too, right? And I don't know where all you guys, um, by the way, this is going to be an illustration, uh, but I'm not even sure if I'll get to it, so just, you can ask me later uh, what it was if I forget to get there, but let's go to Second Peter chapter 1. Come on, Tom. So uh, for those of you guys who don't know me at this point, you know my name is Tom Gerr. And I'm ordinary, okay? I've really enjoyed kind of sharing some of the ordinary things about myself. I'll just tell you guys a couple things uh, about me as an ordinary man. I, uh, you know, I've had around 80 cavities in my life. Pretty messed up, isn't it? Pretty messed up. That's a little beyond, that's more pathetic than ordinary, but. You know, I've I mentioned, uh, I, I think I mentioned it you know some of my purity struggles, different things, but uh, you know because of it, Courtney, you know my now wife, broke up with me, uh, and I was one of the best things that ever happened to me, but it really did destroy me. And uh, I mean, I, this is how just pathetic I was. I literally slept on the floor for three weeks after that because I didn't feel worthy to sleep in a bed, like. That's where I was at, and I, I was, the first week I slept in my friend's bedroom, on the floor, uh, uh, under his bed, basically, because I just didn't want to be alone, like, that's just, that's kind of where I was at, I don't know, some of you guys can go like the ah, you know, like, or whatever, but, uh, you know, it was one of, it was one of the best things that happened to me, because I put so much of my security in a relationship, and I finally got to learn how to put my security in God. It was uh, such an incredible moment, Uh, you know, this is my five years plus, you know, being here at Kennesaw, and I'll say this, every semester, I'm terrified to start. Each semester, I'm so nervous about, man, can I be bold again? Can I do this again? And I know know it was worth it seeing CJ become a Christian, or seeing Najee make that decision, or, or whatnot, I know those things were worth it, but... Oh my goodness, another semester, another, another week, another month, and I, and I fight. I feel like I almost have to re-become a Christian. Not literally, but in my heart, every semester. Of kind of, is Jesus going to be Lord of my life this year? You know, I have to think about that so often. You know, uh, you know, people I think consider me a faithful person, but to be honest, faith is really challenging for me. And so, you know, what I need to do to be faithful is I have a list that I don't really let other people see, about a hundred scriptures that help me be faithful. And I just spent the years kind of making a list of things that help me be courageous and be bold because it's not easy for me. And I need God's word to kind of help me. And, and I honestly, I look back on those scriptures all the time to just replenish my faith and to remind me of why I do what I do. You know, uh, you know. sometimes I think about this next stage, and I go, am I making the biggest mistake in my life? Just leaving this. I, I mean, I, I really, that's me and Courtney kind of look at each other sometimes. Like, we made this decision a year and a half ago. We're having to live with this decision now, you know? Obviously, we could not do it, but that would be... At this point, we feel like we'd be ignoring God, but I, I think about it. Am I making the biggest mistake of my life? Why would I leave this, uh, this group here? Uh, but uh, that all being said, you know, I am ordinary, but I'm, I am addicted to the feeling of being used by God. You know, I, almost every single lesson that I ever do, I come up here, I, I kind of have a mental breakdown an hour beforehand. That's kind of just, not literally a mental breakdown, you know what I'm saying. I'm just kind of shaking or like nervous or my stomach starts dancing, you know, all that type of stuff. But there's just nothing like living life on the edge. You know, we've been talking and I hope that you guys don't forget the lessons that we've talked about the, the, this past couple days. You know, on Friday we talked about, I'm ordinary, but Jesus died for me. Right? And that's the motivation for me. You know, okay, this is hard, but I can do this because Jesus did it. And he endured so I can endure. And that's the way I really can make God proud is by not giving up. And I want to do that. you know, for you sisters, I think you guys talked about, I'm ordinary, but Jesus is Lord. And I've made that decision, and I won't give up. For us brothers, we kind of said it a little bit differently, but basically the same thing. I'm ordinary, but I have no backup plan. You know, there's nothing more terrifying, nothing more dangerous than a person that has nothing to lose. When you have no backup plan, and this is it, it's following Jesus. You know, for for you sisters, we talked about the disciples... On the Mount of Transfiguration. And they they just. They saw Jesus in a way that only we will see. When we see him in heaven. White as snow. Brilliant. In his true glory. And then the, the skies ripped open again. And God says. This is my son. Whom I love. With him I'm well pleased. You know but in that time. Peter said to himself. It's good for us to be here. Let's just stay here. You know, he had a backup plan. It was, let's just stay on this mountain in a comfortable spot so we never have to deal with anything difficult. And the reality is that just is not going to be our life on this earth. That will be heaven someday, but it won't be here. And we've got to come down from the mountain. That We can't have backup plans. They could be. They come in all shapes and sizes. And I'm going to remind you, some of you guys, and for some of you sisters, that, that maybe you have a backup plan right now. You know, is it is it simply that I'll I'll just do this thing while I'm in campus? You know, I'll be bold because like you know everyone else is around me. But then you know what? What I'm going to do? My backup plan is I'm going to graduate and find a place in the church where I can just hide. And just kind of do my thing. You know, I'll come to church and this or that, but, but I'll just hide. I'll use, you know what I'll do? I'll use my career as an excuse to not glorify God. You know what I'll do? I'll, I'll use a relationship. Oh, I'm too busy kind of building this relationship to not glorify God. You know, when we develop a backup plan and somehow in the middle of it all, not really let people see our hearts. You know, we talked about the ordinary man that didn't make it to Acts 4. That was Judas. You know, being ordinary is not enough, okay? It's not with being ordinary, it's what us as ordinary people, what we do with that, right? It's about being with Jesus. But you know, Judas had been with Jesus for three years, heard all the same lessons. He was around Jesus, but he never let Jesus change his heart. He could have asked any question he ever wanted. He could have get open about his sins, but instead he hid. And he was the master of deception. Are you holding something in your heart you're not willing to talk about today? If you haven't gotten open yet, just Be careful. Judas was not some exceptionally evil person. He was an ordinary person that let his heart get hard. Will you do what it takes to get open about your life? You know, it's interesting, but we talked about in, in John 12, how Judas, the, his breaking point was when he saw Mary anoint Jesus with perfume, and he was upset about it. Because it was a a year's wage. and This this woman really did have no backup plan. And he goes, oh, shouldn't this have gone to the poor? And Jesus, Jesus corrects Judas. And it says that from that point on, he went to the Sanhedrin to go betray Jesus. Because, you know, Judas was the type of person that would steal money from, he was in charge of the money. And so once he realized that, whoa, 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 my backup plan is not working anymore. Because now Jesus is encouraging us to not even be fiscally responsible. He wants us to be all in, no backup plan. I can't benefit from this Jesus anymore. And he betrayed him for 30 silver coins. You know, that's the thing, guys. If your backup plan may not expose you now, but at some point, it will conflict with you and Jesus you got to examine your heart. Is this really what you care about? Come on, bro. Simply put, is your ultimate goal to make God proud? You know, that's the title for today. I'm ordinary, but I want to make God proud. Let's go to 2 Peter. I think you guys are already there, right? Yeah. Come on, bro. You know, I really am trying to think about what changed Peter. This guy who was just an idiot all the time, always putting his foot in his mouth. He was the one who betrayed Jesus three times, denied him. This was an ordinary man who fell on his face time and time again. But what was it? I think this had something to do with it. You know, certainly he saw Jesus die, right? And certainly, you know, John 6, for example, he says, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Peter had no backup plan. He had given it all up. But I think some of this resonated with him. Some of these moments where the heavens opened up. And he got to hear God speak. It says, therefore, my brothers and sisters, in verse 1, or verse 10 of chapter 1. Make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I always will remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body, because I know that I will soon be put aside. As our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. For we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power. But we are eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory saying, This is my son, whom I love. With him, I'm well pleased. You know, Peter, Peter at this point knew that his time was short. He knew that he was leaving soon. And what did he want to make sure That they remembered that someday there will be a rich welcome. You know why I think it was so important for them to see that those moments where God just came out of nowhere and said, This is my son whom I love. I think they were convinced that God was actually watching. There was no longer a debate. And they knew that if Jesus could get it, man, someday we will get our rich welcome as well. And he knows that at the end of the day, if that is not your motivation. To make God proud that at some point, you're going to falter. Yeah. At some point, the desire for your glory will conflict with his. And I think that's what changed these ordinary men into people Courage. Let's go to Acts chapter 4. What do you think? Should we actually read the passage that we've been like quoting for so long? (laughs) I want you to make no mistake. My goal today is to give you courage. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you know if you're not doing it. You know, these people were unschooled, ordinary men. They weren't theologians. They weren't master Bible scholars. They were ordinary people. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter how much you intellectually know. Come on. I'm talking to even some of you guys who grew up in the church for a while. For real? God could care jack diddly about what you know. <laughs> it's about what you do with it. That's what allows you to make a difference in this world. I don't care how long you've known the truth. Are you living by it? You know, these people were unschooled, ordinary men, but they had been with Jesus. And I'm inspired by this story. This is just one of my favorite scriptures in the entire Bible. I'm so glad that this was the theme. I mean, it was just, Acts 4 just resonates with me constantly. 4 and 5 are kind of they really, they've just inspired me. And we'll start in verse 12. And let's read this story together. Are you guys with me? Yeah. It says, you know, at the end of Peter's speech, as he's talking to these religious leaders, okay, let's give you some context. They have just been put in prison. Christianity is now officially outlawed at Acts chapter 4. The religious leaders, the people that are supposed to be leading the people, they're actually saying, stop talking. And they're in front of these leaders, these people that claim to be these schooled, exceptional men. And they tell them to stop. And Peter goes on to say, hey, whoa, whoa, you crucified Jesus. And he says in verse 13 or 12, Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were on school, ordinary men, they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could not, see the man who had been healed standing there with them. There was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then conferred together. What are we going to do with these men? They asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows that they have performed a notable sign and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. You know, these people wanted to stop these men. And make no mistake, that is exactly what Satan wants to do to this room right now. He wants to stop this thing from spreading. And the only thing that will stand up against it is men and women who decide to be courageous. Courageous. In verse 18, it says, they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes? To listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help but speak about what we've seen and heard. After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them. Because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. It says on their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant David, our father. Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up. The rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in the city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. And I love this story. And I just love that line. You know, I, I, I really look forward to the day where I can say that to someone. Where someone gets to try and tell me to stop preaching. And I just hope in that, in that moment that I get to just quote this line. Judge for yourselves, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him. You be the judges. As for us, we cannot stop speaking about what we've seen and heard. I just, I can't wait. I can't wait. You know, I, uh, I remember one of the most groundbreaking moments in my life was the decision I made to be bold so I was uh, I was in school and I took this preaching class and uh, it was this uh, I was like you know 21 and, and the other people in the class were all 40 year old preachers and so it was a grad level class i don 't even know how they let me in I, I got in this class though and uh, and one day you know we, we actually had to preach and so this this person started preaching about this Basically, this, uh, the story of Jesus at the well. And he goes on completely off the text and then goes, you know, Jesus is calling all people, no matter what their life is, no matter their sin, to just come to the well because he loves us all. Which is true, but what he was trying to say was, it doesn't really matter because we're all good. And then it was very interesting, but then these preachers, these people leading churches started going, hey, you know, really enlightening message. You know, some people even say that Jesus was a Buddha. You know, maybe he was. Just another Buddha. And, and everyone kind of just started going, yeah, you know, we, who knows really the tr- what we know the truth. Like, maybe it's just all a different spectrum. Completely different than what Peter says here. Yeah, right. That salvation is found nowhere else. And I remember just just Anger, I felt. And it was a three-hour class, and so uh, so at at an hour and a half in, we had a break. And I remember just going, like, if I don't see something right here, something's wrong with me. And so I decided to to call some of the people I respected the most. And I had a list of, like, seven people I called. Some of them church leaders, some of them just brothers, and none of them answered. I'm sorry for all you people who have not answered your phone calls. Ethan, I'm sorry for not responding to that email, bro. Uh, <laughs> and no one responded. And so I just got on my knees and prayed. I was in an empty room. It was an empty classroom. And I remember coming back in and talking to the professor. Professor, before we go on to the next subject, do you mind if I say something? And I don't remember all the words that I said, but I, I, I just said, hey guys, I know that I'm, I'm much younger than you. And to be quite frank, I'm a little bit intimidated by being in a room of people so much older. And you guys have been doing this way longer than I have. The only thing I know is that I read my Bible every day. And from what I see and what you guys just said, there's no way that the first century Christians Would call you guys a cybers. And to be honest If this is actually what you think I'm terrified for your congregations That you would lead them That you're the people leading them With no conviction on God's word That Jesus is the only way And, I, uh, and you know it was really interesting Their response It was almost like Oh that's cute Hey man, thanks for sharing that. You know? appreciate it. Almost as if, wow, that's just young zeal. You'll get it someday. Is that my son? I can't tell you how I felt after that moment. I remember calling Courtney. God, I can't believe I did this. I think I called Kevin by campus but it's like, dude, you can't believe what I just said. <laughs> it was awesome! <laughs> because that's what living life on the edge is like. It's just incredible to stand against the people that aren't standing for Jesus. To stand for truth in a world that claims there is none. It's an incredible feeling. But why did these people do it? You know, I love this passage because I think Peter says exactly what we've been talking about this entire weekend. He says, which is right in God's eyes? You know, sometime in his life with Jesus, he realized that God was watching. He realized that God saw it all. That when he saw Jesus... He would open the heavens and say, that's my son. They realize at some point that God really does watch. And if that's true, doesn't that change everything? If God really sees you, brothers, does that change you when you're alone in your room and you're feeling tempted that God is watching Or when you're alone in a classroom and you have to stand up for Jesus. that change your perspective when you know God is there? He's looking for a moment to say, that's my boy. That's my girl. Look at what he just did. He just brought me glory. They They knew that God was watching. They said, which is right in God's eyes? You know, sometimes I think about, are we really looking for what's right or what's easy? What's, it's never going to work if that's the way you live, what's easy in God's eyes. Are we the type of people that are concerned about what's right in God's eyes? You know, I think about, uh, you know, when you're really concerned about pleasing God, your dreams for your life change. Yeah. You know, when you have no backup plan, you're no longer looking backwards, you're looking forward, right? And so then that changes your perspective. When you see that God is watching and you know He's there, it should change our perspective. And I was talking to the brothers about it yesterday, but. It's so easy to dream when you're following God. Because here's the cool thing. You don't need to be super creative. Okay? When you want to please someone, your dream becomes their dream. Your dream becomes, I want to do what he wanted to do. Which was save the world. And your dream really becomes super simple. And I remember a conversation I had. With, uh, with Jesse Gowen, he was a good friend of mine. He like, spoke, was it last semester or the semester before? But we were talking about what, what did we want to do with our lives. And we didn't really know, but we, this is what we said. We, we don't know what we want to do, but we don't want to be a rock thrown into a pond. that just has a little ripple and it fizzles out. We want to be a big boulder. This is the biggest one I could carry. I really would rather God gotten on one of those ones. <laughs> But our, our simple dream is I want to make the biggest splash for God that I can. You know, at the end of the day, that's, that's why I do what I do. It's because I want my life to matter. I want it to actually mean something. I actually want to be able to, when I approach God's throne, to go, God, I gave it all. You know, I can't tell you the amount of times that i faced discouragement. Maybe you're feeling it. Maybe it's when you're studying the Bible with people. There was a time in my life where I studied the Bible with 50 to 70 different people trying to help them become Christians. Over a two and a half year span, and none of them made it. What would that have done to your faith? Is that what God cares about,
1: though? God's
0: not looking for your results. He's looking for your effort. He wants, he wants you to pour it all out for Him. Right. He wants you to give it all. And so don't let yourself get discouraged when you're in or life does Or people don't hear the, the things that you're trying to share with them. Don't get discouraged because God is watching. And He's proud of you. He's proud of your heart to give it all. That's really what he cares about. Do you think about God's eyes? Do you think about what his face will look like someday? That moment. But do you realize he's watching you now? You know, the thing that's very interesting is after this moment, did it just end with a hurrah, we did it. You know... After this moment, it says that these that Peter and John they reported to the disciples what had happened, and then they started praying for boldness. And I'm like, shouldn't you have made that prayer before this moment? You just were bold. Why are you praying for boldness? Clearly, you got it. (laughs) No, but we learned something. It's easy to be bold for a moment it's hard to be bold your life. You know, real courage is not a spark in the flames. Real courage is consistency. Real courage is a life devoted, not a moment. It's easy to be bold in a moment, kind of. (laughs) It's way different to be bold with your life. If, guys, that's really what counts. If you're only bold in your years in college, what was the point?
1: What was the point? Please help
0: me understand. What do you accomplish by having a stint of being sold out for Jesus? What do you accomplish? Nothing. Nothing is gained. And then you're an example for the whole world of a half-built tower. You accomplish nothing, and that's what I love here in this passage. You know, the truth is, I'm ordinary, and I think about these last five years, and I couldn't have done it without you guys. Yeah, I think about, uh, think about Jordan, and uh, just pushes me like in such an annoying way. <laughs> Because he's just so zealous and fired up for God. It's just like, my goodness, how can I keep up with this guy? But I just remember even our first memory when we were, uh, when I was interviewing. Him. And uh, we were such losers. I mean, it's hysterical. We went to this cliff and uh, we were talking, we were just dreaming for God together. About what would it be like if we were here and, and we were jumping off this cliff into the river by the way I love that song take me to the river that was good bro that was good that was good. we
1: so. were
0: we were uh, we literally decided like we are like you go first no 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 you go first we're like, dude let's just hold hands and jump off <laughs> let's go we
1: literally
0: Hold hands, and then on the way down we scream, "Jesus is Lord." That's what we did. That's like that was how our relationship started. <laughs> and uh, we've been doing that ever since, you know. And uh, I just I couldn't have done it without Jordan. I think about Kendall, and uh, just when I first moved here, Kendall and I and Jordan were working together, and I just couldn't have done it. Kendall is. I mean, his forehead is like flint. It's actually a scripture, by the way. Like, but he literally, he's impenetrable. He's just got this, I will, he just, I will not be stopped. And I just, I just, uh, I can't imagine my first years without him. Even just that one semester in college, you know. the really, the one semester that I actually had a brother... With me in school, he transferred after a semester. I don't know what I did to, get up to <laughs> but I just love being partners with you, Ken. You know, I think about just uh, the three amigos. I think about Nick Cruz, Graham, and, and Cody Porter. I remember when I first moved, and Nick just said, uh, as I was, as I was, you know, trying to do the right thing and trying to leave. He goes, "Dude, I'm with you heart and soul." And I just, I can't, I can't tell you how much that meant to just have someone to, to be that for me. You know, I I do want to talk to you guys from Kennesaw to just support the people that serve God for you. That decide to, that they want to step up and lead. Please do them the same courtesy that someone did for me of going, I'm with you heart and soul. Sometimes it's hard because, you know, Nick and those guys, they were around my same age. It's hard to follow someone around your age. You know, it's interesting. John here, he never says a word. But he was with Peter, heart and soul. We've got to be there for each other, guys. You can't do this by yourself. And I think about Graham. And Graham just was the constant heart check for me. Graham was incredible. Graham is incredible. At being open about his life, and he's honestly like way less sinful if it's such a term as me. Like he, but he would get open about like the silliest things. I was like, dude, why are you telling me this right now? <laughs> but he had this just this transparent, just just soft heart, and every single time it just helped me to stay soft hearted, and I just couldn't have done it without him. I really, I couldn't have. Think about Cody and just man, what a I can't believe that my first semester leading at Kennesaw, he was one of the first guys I studied the Bible with. I just I feel like people wait years to help someone become a Christian and that would be a best friend to them. I just feel so lucky. And you know, I think I just couldn't have done it without them. And the reality is, guys, you can't do it without each other. You know, Peter and John, they weren't reporting. Like, okay, next on the agenda, we just got heavily persecuted. Uh, I was imprisoned for a time. We were also forbidden to ever speak the words of Jesus ever again.
1: Next on the agenda,
0: what will we do for midnight? It's not what happened. These people, they weren't reporting. They were being open. They were saying, I'm scared. What do we do now? It doesn't feel super glorious right here in this moment. It did in Acts 2 where 3,000 were baptized. Awesome. But what about now? doesn't feel super glorious. How do we do this? And the reality is that they knew that they couldn't do it without each other. Brothers and sisters, this weekend, are you doing this by yourself? Do you feel like you need the people in this room? Uh Do you cling to each other? Do you humble yourselves before each other? Do you love each other and lay down your life for each other? Uh Because if you decide, I'm going to try this alone, you will fail. Uh We cannot do this alone. you got to hold on to each other. you got to hold on to each other. But you can't just isolate and go, let's just take care of us. Let's just do this little thing. Let's just have this fun little church experience where we just take care of ourselves. What did they do? They got on their knees. And they prayed. And they prayed for the courage to get back out there. That's what it takes I can't tell you how many prayers I've had With those brothers that I just mentioned Just asking God help me get through it Help me this week to just be bold That's what it takes guys It takes relying on one another And loving each other In such a deep way And being willing to, To go to your God And ask for the strength You know if it was easy then who gets the glory? If it was easy, if it just, man, this is just natural. I can just, I don't care what anyone ever thinks ever, and I just, I'm always pure hearted and always have the right motives. Then who gets the glory? You do. It's not supposed
1: to be easy.
0: It's supposed to be that we go to God for our strength. And we cling to God Cling to each other and encourage each other. And it's all because we want to make God proud. Is that what your relationships today are built on? Want to to grow in your character to make God proud? Are your dreams, man, I just want to skate by this Christian life? Do you want to be a boulder thrown into this world that echoes through eternity? Do you want to make an impact? Do you want to have actual deep relationships? Not the superficial ones. I think that's my cue. You know, do you want to be born Is that dodgy? Maybe that's a good close, guys. Because at the end of the day, We're just, we're ordinary people, but we want to make God proud. Amen. Love you guys. I love how clear it is that we just came here to become courageous men and women of God. We came here not trying to feel extraordinary in ourselves, but to realize that we are ordinary, but we serve an incredible and an extraordinary God. And it's through Him that we can be bold. I, I, man, my prayer is that this can be a group that is known for living life on the edge, like Tom was talking about. Where we get, our boldness can push us, but we never do it alone, but we do it together. And it is so special to be a part of this group. Can you guys just look around us for a second and look around us? This, this is so special to be a part of this. Look at the brothers and sisters next to you. Man, Man, I'm so grateful to be sitting next to you. I'm so grateful to know you. I'm so grateful to love you. It's so good to be with the brothers and sisters we can be courageous. We can make a difference. We can make an impact. It's only through Jesus. You know, I don't think we can get through this weekend of ordinary without singing a little song. You already know what it is, right? No, 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 you don't got to sing, I don't know, I was talking about something else. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I am sorry i my love. Right. You no, know, no, we're going to sing a song, right? I'm sorry, waiting. We're just ordinary. we don't know just ordinary. We're
1: just ordinary. We're just ordinary.
0: right? I think it should go something like this. Let's do the first line together, okay? We're just ordinary people. So we should follow Jesus. So we should follow Jesus. We're just ordinary people. So let's be courageous. So let's be courageous. We text John Legend that, all right? We're going to get that in there. we leave. Let's all make a decision. Let's all make a decision. Don't let, don't leave this weekend without changing. Whether it's just being close to Jesus, it has to start there, right? It has to start with getting near, getting close, getting deep with Jesus Christ and letting Him change you. But others of us need to make a decision that's courageous. That's bold. To cut off that sin, to repent from something, to have that talk, to believe, repent, and get baptized, and get the Spirit—whatever it is—don't leave this weekend without making a decision. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So we want to thank a lot of people. Can we pre- can we give it up for the worship team?
1: Yeah. I want to thank you guys. November Knoxville, Athens, Nashville. Just thank you all you guys.
0: I don't know if everybody knows, his name is Taj Belongjala. He's back here. I would
1: go so
0: far, I would go so far to say that he's putting in more work than anybody this weekend for the retreat. All this is really a lot to do with him, so Taj, thank you man, you are a champion. This sure okay here we go if you have not checked in right and signed a waiver we need you to do that all right I I see some of you shift the yachts okay I know you're out there I know you're there because there's 30 more seats that are empty in the first night now we're full so I know there's more people that haven't checked in so what you need to do if you haven't signed a waiver don't put shame on yourself right now just put shame on yourself if you don't do this afterwards okay is afterwards Kendall's holding up the waivers back there in the back they're on that table That'll be right there, okay? Please, please, please go check in and just leave, the, leave your sign-in uh, sheet just right next to it. Don't come try to find me. Just put it right there. We'll go collect them. We need everyone to check in. It doesn't matter if you're already registered or paid. If you haven't paid, wow, you need to pay. But like, we need everybody. We need everyone to check in. Does that make sense? After this. Please clean out your cabin, all right? We want to be disciples, we like joking around, we're trying to take the trash, the sin out of our heart, we're also trying to take the trash away from this retreat center, okay? And so, when you're back in your cabins, clean up your stuff, clean out, but hey, if there's something dirty on the floor, pick it up, right? Like, if if there's a random shirt, but everyone else is out, and your last one out, just throw it away, like, it's okay. We're gonna do that later anyway, so you might as well serve yourself, wow, that's a good idea. And so, please help clean up. uh I just wanted to say, man, thank you also. Can we give it up for all the guest speakers
1: and all the all breakout speakers? And what I want to do
0: now before my song is I wanna ask my wife to come up and the McGurks and the Cruises, and the Alberts to come up. And um, we just we just wanted to have a little a little send-off right here because it's been talking about a lot this weekend as everyone's making their way up. And uh, it, this is the McGirt's last retreat with us. It, it, unless they are gonna be a, a really far guest speaker. And uh, so you guys can come on up and we're gonna have Tayo and Hannah with us. This is awesome. Um, but you know, five years ago, we had our first retreat here where Kendall, Tom, and I were the campus ministers at North River. And at that retreat five years ago, there's only about 120 of us. And uh, five years later, to to be at a spot that was just North River in Auburn then, to where we have ministries from all around Georgia, all around Alabama, and all around Tennessee, there's over 350 of us. And um, that's because a lot of people poured their hearts out. It's ultimately because of God, but Tom and Courtney, it's a lot because of how God has used both of you. And um, I love you guys so much, and I know this is the beginning of a lot of these. But I wanted to make sure a time when you guys could see this. You guys could see your work. You could see the the fruit of it. And you could see how much it's meant for you guys to be here the last five years. And how many lives have changed. And it really is incredible to be addicted to being used by God. It is. And I love doing that with you or anyone else. I really do. And uh, I I want us to come up here because we're going to have other send-offs I know back at home. But I want us to have a retreat send off. A retreat time where we can pray for you guys and really pray for everything that's going to come. And uh, don't think you're not coming back because you're coming back. Right? <laughs> but I-, I love you so much. And we just want to have a time where we can pray for you guys. Praise since send off. Amen. So if you guys want to come here, we'll just link it up together. But why don't you put your arm or grab a hand of the person next to you? Let's pray. Right. Father God, you're just a God of love. You're a God of mercy. You're a God of grace. Thank you so much that we don't have to do this alone. I'm so grateful for the McCurks and who they are in my life and who they are in all of our lives. And thank you for giving us partners in the gospel, as champions of faith. And God, I know you put this dream on their heart to go to, to go to France, to go to Europe, and really spread the gospel. Not just in Georgia, not just in the southeast, but all across the world. Thank you for putting that on their hearts. But God, thank you so much how much. They've just poured out their lives here. They've been such incredible examples, friends, and leaders to all of us. God, I love what we've been able to see through you. I know this is only the beginning of the rest of our lives. But God, we pray. For this next step in their journey, we pray that you protect them. We pray that little Tao just grows up just loving France. I pray that he becomes an incredible disciple. God, I pray the church there welcomes them, that the campus ministry has that same heart of, man, we want to follow you, heart and soul. God, I pray that you give them the faith and the courage and the boldness that Tom's been talking about this weekend to take this heart, to take this gospel to Europe. And I pray that you catch it on fire in the kingdom of God there. God, thank you so much for who Tom, and Courtney, and Taylor are, to all of us. God, I pray you just bless this trip and bless this move. Well, we love you, almighty God, and in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Let's give it up
1: again for the murder guys.
0: We got you guys a little gift basket. Let's just say thank you and we love you guys. Smile, you're on camera. Okay. Alright, we're gonna stand up now, we're gonna have one last song before we close out for the retreat.